Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good people. Ah, yeah, you know what it is. Hard worker, scrappy, unfiltered, and sometimes unhinged football content. Hard to explain, but you know it when you see it. Doing it daily our way. I don't know what you're talking about right now. Redraft and Dynasty Fantasy Football, we got you covered. You know their defense is ranked like 31st in the NFL? NFL draft prospects and rookies? Now you know you in the right place for that. Absolutely. All right, then stop saying it. Then we're done. And prop bets with my man Jay Rich. Count that money, man. Now wipe the crust out of your eyes. Get you a cup of coffee. It's time to wake your ass up with Ray G. You honestly are making absolutely no sense and you sound silly as hell. All right, we're back. Jay. We back. How do we sound? How do I can't even get excited? I can't even get excited. It's been bass drums and 808s to start the show for three straight days. I'm hoping the fourth time is a charm. How do I sound this morning? You sound beautiful. Thank I'm ready you. to start the show. I'm, I'm ready. We got some West Coasters in the building. I'm, I'm excited. Ready. Yes, the West Coast is in the building. Good morning. It is Thursday, January 6, 2020, 2022. This is Wake Up Ray G. Uh, yeah, it's cold. I see people in the comments talking already. It's 30 damn degrees outside here in Dallas, Texas, but we still gonna bring you that heat today because we've got to talk quarterbacks. But before we get into that, we have to say hello to my good friend, Jay Rich. How you doing, Jay? I'm good, man. I'm good. We I got into NFL all day yesterday, and so I'm pretty excited because they're going to have a Jamar Chase moment from the game against Kansas City. And so if I get that, I will sell it to the highest bidder for $10,000. But if I don't, I'm just going to cry. I'm just going to cry. But I'm having a great day. You okay. know, your mic is sounding great, and I'm excited for you. You can walk into the show with confidence, and it means it will be our best show yet. Guaranteed. I, I, I Guaranteed. It, it gave me anxiety. Like, last night I was texting you. I was like, I don't know what's wrong. I'm unplugging stuff, blowing shit out like it's a game, uh, like a Nintendo cartridge from back in the day. But we're good. We're in the building. And, uh, yeah, you know, uh, NFL this weekend, Dallas Cowboys play on Saturday versus the Eagles. Uh, so, uh, we'll, uh, we'll probably throw out a couple of prize pick prop bets for, for stuff that we like. We're not professional bettors here. We just like to have fun with it. So just follow our social media feeds. Quick reminder, make sure you follow the wake up TV show on Twitter. So you can submit questions for next week's Q and a, just a little heads up. We'll be diving into next week. We got mock drafts that we're going to talk about. We're going to do Q and A's on Wednesday, and then we'll figure out all the other shit in between. But make sure you're following Jordan on Twitter. Follow myself at RayGQ on Twitter. Um, you see the stuff down below. Follow the show. Support the show. Patreon.com forward slash Prospect Talk. Dopest dynasty, Devi, college football community, and fantasy football. Uh, it, it's, a, it's a good time over there. But we got a little bit of news to get into real quick because Jay is going to piss y'all all off with some of these quarterback takes from 2021. And we'll sort of wrap up the, the wholesale overall picture of what we think from these rookies here in 2021. But Jay, let's get into the morning run so you can hit him with the news, baby. Wake up. This is the morning run. All right, Jay, let's get it. You know, we got to start with A.B. Yesterday, A.B. put out a statement basically clarifying his side of the story about the whole incident in New York, talking about how we know about the injury. He didn't practice all week. Bruce Arians knew about the injury as well. The GM knew about the injury. So he put out a statement basically clarifying, saying that Bruce Arians on the sidelines told him that he has to go in the game 
And AB's like, nah, like Bruce, I can't do it. My ankle hurts too much. They injected him with a painkiller, one that he claimed the NFLPA was trying to get out of the game because it's not necessarily safe for all athletes. And so BA is like, all right, you don't go on the game. You're out of here. Apparently did the whole cutthroat thing. You're cut, blah, blah, blah. So AB, you know, he, he admitted that his actions were out of hand, but at the same time, he was cut on the field. He wasn't even given the courtesy to stay on the sidelines with his teammates. So he's like, I'm not going to put this team's jersey on my back if they're going to do me like this. I'm going to leave like he was basically told to do already. And then he went and got uh, a second, an opinion on that ankle, got um, an MRI for it. It is broken. There's ligament damage. He's going to have surgery. He's not going to be playing the rest of the season. But the Bucks are trying to claim that he needs to go see another doctor, apparently a lesser doctor at the same hospital. So it's a very strange situation with AB right now. I tend to believe him. You know, it's it's very rare that an athlete of his type of stature just lies about stuff because, again, his antics and the way he's acted in the past don't really lend many people to believing him. But the way this all played out, I could really see a scenario where this would have happened because AB's just too talented to be like, okay, I got cut. I'm going to sit on the sidelines and just not do anything. He's like, forget this, man. I'm going to leave. He has no reason to be there if they don't want him to be on the team. He's saying he doesn't want to play for Tampa anymore, and he wants people to really look into the actions that Bruce Arians been putting up with in Tampa Bay. And maybe it goes to show kind of why Brady didn't say a whole lot about AB um, in the press conference. And on top of that, the Bengals are going to be resting some of their starters this week. Um, we also found out that Joe Mixon has COVID. Joe Burrow definitely not playing. And then Michael Parsons as well, the Cowboys linebacker, not going to be playing. I'm not so worried about that situation. I think the Eagles rest some guys. We know that they have a lot of COVID issues already. Michael Parsons, unlikely to play this week. He is vaccinated, but chances are he's not going to be playing unless he does clear protocols by Sunday. We'll see. And then big news in the NFL draft, Aiden Hutchinson, the potential first overall pick out of Michigan, declared for the NFL draft. And a player that we talked about on Monday, Wandell Robinson, wide receiver out of Kentucky, has declared for the NFL draft. So that NF that wide receiver class in 2022 just got a little bit stronger wandell robinson super dynamic talent out of kentucky really excited to see where he ends up he could be you know a day two pick that really does something at the next level quickly yeah i'm with you with wandell man i i was i was i was kind of worried that he was going to stay with kentucky you know will levis is coming back uh dynamic quarterback i think he's probably a top three quarterback right now in 2023 uh, but Wandell declaring is good. I'm extremely high on Wandell Robinson, probably a little bit higher than most. Uh, I just think he's he's an extremely unique talent. He's a dynamic player. Uh, we're going to see how he measures in at the combine. I want to make sure that he's officially. I looked at his high school recruiting profile. He was five foot nine coming out of high school, and now Kentucky has him listed at five eleven. You know, just moving forward, I'm just going to be a little cautious on some of those undersized wide receivers. Like they they just. It's tough for them to sort of really find that role at the next level. So just want to see what Wandell measures in at, but excited about that. The whole A-B thing is wild, man. And, and like I said on Monday, the truth lies somewhere in between, right? Like it made it – there's no doubt – and there's no doubt. I don't think anybody will debate Antonio Brown's actions, even if that all everything he says is true, is, is unprofessional, right? You don't throw your shit off on the sideline – run across the field while the game is – like, you just don't do that, right? Like, his, there's no justification for his reaction. But he reacted like that because of – I, I, I just find it hard to believe he just lost it because uh, he wasn't getting targeted, right? Like, I, I, it, wouldn't be, it wouldn't be the first time A.B. hasn't had a lot of targets in a game. And, uh, you know, it, uh, like I always said, the truth lies somewhere in the middle – and it's interesting that he hasn't been like he hasn't been released yet, has he? 
Like he hasn't officially been. No, still hasn't been released. No, he's still on the team technically, but it's because they're trying to sort out this whole issue of they want him to get a second opinion with another doctor to prove essentially that his ankle actually is broken. He's not falsifying medical information. So if you had to put money on it right now, does AB play another snap in the NFL? I think it depends on what happens with the situation. If if it turns out that he was telling the truth and he does have a broken ankle, I think absolutely. It just depends on who's really going to take him in because, again, he does still have the previous history. But AB's just a guy who is so talented. If you think it's worth it, and I think there are coaches, especially some older coaches, who will think, I can keep this guy under wraps because we have a good team and we have a shot, so he has a really good reason to be there. I don't see why you wouldn't take a shot on him. He should be in the Hall of Fame. He probably will be in the Hall of Fame. So even I, if you were Kansas City next offseason, why wouldn't you want to bring I, in AB? I think, I think he's going to play again. I think he's going to get another shot. Uh, I think there's, regardless if he's telling 100% truth, there's enough truth in this story where a team will say, we can make it work. I think he's back in the NFL yeah. again. I'm not saying he's coming in as some featured starter, but I think he gets another opportunity, whether that be through training camp, uh, you know, in-season injury, they bring him back. I don't. I, I think he gets another chance. And to Bruning's point, 100%, Antonio Brown, let's just be conservative is one of the 10 best wide receivers to ever play the game of football. He is 100% a Hall of Famer. Will he get in? I think they are going to give him the Terrell Owens treatment. Like, he is not going to be... 100%. The whole Hall of Fame voting process is broken, in my opinion. Um, I just think that if you have the merit to get in, all this, how he was mean to the media, and he... Like, your play on the field was... And I'm being conservative with top 10 wide receiver. I think he's a top probably top seven wide receiver to ever play the game of football. Uh, 100% his play on the field deserves for him to be recognized as one of the best players. I'm not getting into any of the it, – it's funny because so many people want to talk about, like, the behavior of athletes. And it, if y'all really know – all these dudes ain't good dudes. You know what I mean? All these cats aren't good cats. Like, they're not uh, – role. Charles Barkley says it best. I'm not a role model. I don't want to be a role model. I'm not your kid's role model. I'm a basketball player. I do this thing. Like these these guys aren't aren't model citizens. Not all of them. So to nitpick and choose because I I just I don't agree with it. Like go into judge me on what I did on the field on the field. My production as an NFL player. If you don't like me, you know morally or all that other stuff. And and Antonio Brown and I'm not advocating because from everything that we've we've seen. And other stories and videos, Antonio Brown seems like probably not the best guy. You know, I don't know him, so I don't want to pass judgment. But when I'm talking about when his helmet is on and it's in between the lines for those 60 minutes, he's one of the best to ever do it. I think he's going to get another shot. We'll see how it plays out. I, I still think the truth lies somewhere in between Bruce Arians and Antonio Brown. But we've got to talk about these rookie quarterbacks from 2021. And, y'all... This was supposed to be uh, this generational class. Uh, Jay, I'm just going to go ahead and do the Eminem from 8 Mile and get ahead of myself. I put out a video. It is still out there. I am team never delete tweets, never delete takes. And I said Trevor Lawrence is the best quarterback prospect of all time. Of all time. A generational quarterback prospect. He's a floor-raising player. Um, and there was no way T-Law was going to miss at the NFL level. I was not alone in that assumption, and this is why. This is why. Moving forward, 
in fantasy football, I am not going to debate, argue, and spend months and months talking about the quarterback position. Done. Not going to do it. I will evaluate the players. I will put my rankings out there. These are the quarterbacks that I think are QBs one through five, and then I'm moving on. Because the NFL can't even get QBs right, man. The NFL misses left and right on quarterbacks year in and year out. And I can just rattle off names off the top of my head. Jake Locker, EJ Manuel, Christian Ponder, Blaine Gabbert, Josh Rosen, uh, Mitch Trubisky, Sam Darnold. I mean, uh, year after year, all these quarterbacks are drafted in the first round. Baker Mayfield, 101. And the NFL can't figure it out, man. The NFL cannot get it right. So us, as untrained professionals, spending three, four months arguing over who's one and two, we spend all this time, T-Laws, locked in one-on-one. If you drafted right now, Jay, I'm just asking you, and I'm asking the people, not just you, I'm asking the people. If you had to redo your 2021 rookie drafts right now, let's talk super flex or 2QB, would you take T-Law over Najee Harris, over Jamar Chase, maybe over Kyle Pitts. It, what we know right now, are you still willing to make that bet? Jay, would you still be willing to make the bet on the quarterback, given the positional value and what you know today? Would you take Trevor Lawrence one-on-one in a super flex draft today? Hell no. There's no okay, way in okay. hell I would do that. Okay. It's Jamar Chase. Okay. Okay. So I, I, I'm just not going to debate it anymore. So we're not, we're not even going to start with T-Law. Because we're going to save Trevor for the end. We're going to save Trevor for the end. So the first quarterback that I want to talk about was one of the last ones drafted. Nobody was talking about him. No chance to be good whatsoever. Houston Texans quarterback Davis Mills was drafted in the third round, first pick of the third round um, in 2021. We know the Texans aren't a good franchise, right? We know they're not good. The Deshaun Watson saga, uh, Tyrod Taylor, Davis Mills. Davis Mills comes in. Starts out, and he looks not good at all. Bad, bad, bad. But as the season started to go on, as the season started to progress, and Davis Mills got a little more comfortable, uh, he looked okay. He looked okay. 2-8 and eight record, 2,363 passing yards, 6.5 uh, yards per attempt, 13 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, 32nd in QBR. Um, you know... <sighs> Pressured 21.2% of the time, 2.2 seconds time in the pocket to throw the ball. He's not getting a lot of time back there, right? Every other rookie quarterback had about 2.4 seconds to throw the ball. When you're talking about time in the pocket to get rid of it, Aaron Rodgers, 2.2s. Tom Brady, 2.0. So he's, he's got Aaron Rodgers' level of time, and he's half the talent that Aaron Rodgers is. When I no, no, Ray, that, hold on, hold on. Let me let me okay. clarify that for you for okay, this clarify. time real quickly. This is this is time to get rid of the ball. So this That's is actually I mean. a time good stuff. This is more of delivery, but this is delivery. Like so this is actually the time that it takes you to get rid of the ball, okay. not time in the pocket as far because that's this counts actual throws so Aaron Rodgers getting the ball out quickly Tom Brady getting the ball out quickly so Davis Mills is getting the ball out 0.02 or 0.2 seconds faster than every other rookie quarterback okay which is one of the reasons why some of his underlying stats are better than all the other rookie got quarterbacks. you so he's got a fast release he's getting rid of the ball well you need to clarify that in the notes I'm like Ron Burgundy I read what you put and these are shitty notes so do better in explaining it so I don't look silly live here on TV uh, Davis Mills, quick release. That's what it is. Put something ahead of the damn thing to tell me what it is. He's got a quick release. He's on par with Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. 
I'm okay with Davis Mills. I think Davis Mills has earned the right to start quarterback for the Houston Texans in 2022. Do I think he's going to be some long-term staple at the position? Probably not. Probably not. But stranger things have happened. Stranger. Tom Brady, six-round pick, makes it happen. Dak Prescott, fourth-round pick, franchise quarterback. Uh, crazier things have happened. So can he do it? I'll just say this. At least we saw flashes of competency, competency from Davis Mills in 2021. There's some quarterbacks where you're real shaky. You're 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 combing through the web to find some flashes of of potential starter, you know, ability. I'm okay with Davis Mills. If you drafted him dead late, got him off waivers, and you get offered a first round pick for him, quarterback scarcity, take it. I I I would rather not bet on that. Um, I, I don't know what else. We have to look up some trades involving Davis Mills. But ultimately, you've you've increased the value that you invested in Davis Mills already. Regardless if you move him for a second-round pick, nobody was drafting Davis Mills in the second round of rookie drafts. He's at minimum a second, right? A starting quarterback going into 2022. I do not believe the Texans are going to draft a quarterback at 102 or 103, wherever they're sitting, not with Aiden Hutchinson, Kayvon Thibodeau, Evan Neal, Kyle Hamilton on the board. It's not going to happen. Davis Mills is going to go into 2022 season as the starting quarterback for Houston. Good value return for Davis Mills. You know, QB 37 on the season, 12.34 points per game. Nothing to get excited about, but you, you got some value from a player that we didn't think would be at, would be anything at all in the NFL, so I'm fine uh, with what Davis Mills was able to accomplish. Now, let's go to Chicago and talk about a player who, for me, I had him 1A and 1A with Trevor Lawrence. Flip a coin, Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, in my opinion, were the top two quarterbacks in the 2021 class. And we know Matt Nagy, the Chicago Bears, have already said Matt Nagy is not coming back to Chicago next season. I'll be real interested to see. Um, hopefully they bring in a quarterback-type grooming coach to work with Justin Fields. I would love, I would hate, first of all, you see I got the Dallas Adam. I would hate to lose Kellen Moore. But he needs uh, a Kellen Moore type player. He need a coach. Kellen Moore worked hand in hand with Dak. They they he played quarterback. He got it. Played for the Cowboys. Um, he needs he needs one of those type of coaches. I would love to see him with, paired up with Kellen Moore. Um, I, I can't really think of any other hot OCs off the top of my head. But Justin Fields, Justin Fields this season QB thirty one overall finish twelve point three four points per game uh, QB thirty eight. So him and Davis Mills right there, neck and neck together. Uh, Justin Fields on the season, 58% completion percentage, uh, 1800 over 1,800 yards, seven touchdowns, 10 interceptions. Um, you know, it. there were flashes, right? There were flashes. He wasn't great, wasn't bad, but there, there, were, there were enough big plays from Justin Fields to, to warrant consideration like, yeah, this dude really could possibly – be a thing and be it does he have top five potential I don't know I think it's I think it's too early to judge on that right we're just we're looking at these rookies from what they did in 2021 and trying to project them moving forward and if I'm projecting Justin Fields moving forward and let's just say our top five is in some way shape form or order is Patrick Mahomes Joe Burrow Justin Herbert Kyler Murray and Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen at six, do I see him cracking that? Probably not. But, you know, Dak Prescott range, 
QB7, QB8. Yeah, I, I think that is within his range of outcomes. You know, they, they need a couple of more weapons on the outside in Chicago. I like Darnell Mooney. I don't believe Allen Robinson is coming back. And, you know, Fields, it was, it was strange because he was banged up a lot, and we really didn't see that from him at Ohio State. He never really got hurt, but the NFL is different. The offensive line is bad in Chicago. But Justin Fields moving forward, I feel – I feel I feel a level of safety with him, but I still, who are they going to bring in? And while we like to think of these hot, innovative, creative play callers, it, it wouldn't shock me if they brought damn Jack Del Rio in to coach the Chicago Bears because the NFL is just a recycle can of old, washed-up NFL coaches. So let's hope and pray they do not do that uh, in Chicago and they actually bring in a player coach that can develop him because I do think he has the talent to at least be you know, a top 10 dynasty asset at the quarterback position. I'll just say it straight out. None of these guys return value from where we drafted them at over the summer, but you're projecting forward. And projecting forward, I feel I feel, I feel, feel good about Justin Fields moving forward. Get him some more weapons. Bring in a coach that can groom the quarterback. Let them grow together. Improve that offensive front. And in a division where, I mean, really you're just, Aaron Rodgers is going to run that division, but he may be gone. That division could totally be up for grabs in 2022 if Aaron Rodgers is no longer in Green Bay. I feel good about Justin Fields moving forward. He was picked at the 110 spot. Chicago traded up for him. I think that's a good pick. I'm still in on Justin Fields as far as a potentially elite asset at the quarterback position uh, in fantasy football. Now, Jay, a player who I was not as high on. I was not as high on coming into the draft process. Didn't really like the landing spot. And early through the season... He was proving me right as to why I wasn't really feeling him. But towards the last, you know, five weeks of the season, last one, once he came back from injury, we saw flashes, right? And that's, I'm not expecting rookie quarterbacks. And I think we all have to temper our expectations because not all these guys are going to come in and be Justin Herbert from day one. All I'm looking for is, is something. Like, did they show a flash? Did they show... Uh, something, you know, some confidence? Did they build on something? Did they did they improve and get better through the season instead of regress and get worse? And when you think of regress and get worse, this is the worst example, but he is a good worst example. Mike Glennon was worse every time he stepped on the field. Every time Mike Glennon went in and dropped back to throw the ball for the Giants, it looked worse than the throw in the rep before. But Zach Wilson, Zach Wilson, the, the gunslinger from BYU, QB 29 on the season, 12.75 fantasy points per game. All these quarterbacks are like 35, QB 36, 37, 38 in consecutive order. But Zach Wilson did show me throughout the season that, yo, I've got the arm talent. You're seeing, you're seeing him scramble 60 yards to, to the end zone. He's got the athleticism. He's got a young stud wide receiver in Elijah Moore. He's got a young capable back in Michael Carter. You put some more weapons around him. They're trying to build on the offensive line. I, I, I think Zach Wilson can be a solid quarterback. Again, when I'm looking at can he crack the top 10, I think the answer to that at this stage right now, just right now, would be unequivocally no. Like, no, I don't, I, I don't foresee that happening. But a QB in the range of like QB 12 to QB 17 – I think so. Like, I think so. I, I like I like what I've seen from Zach Wilson. And one thing about me is I don't care about hanging on to priors. If if I wasn't in on you at the beginning and you turn out to be pretty damn, you show some promising skill sets, I'm going to adjust. It's not about me being 
right with what I said. It's about adjusting to new information and providing actionable content for you guys to go out there and make informed decisions to go acquire these players, to go put bets on on these guys week in and week out. And Zach Wilson is somebody that I'm ha- I have confidence in. You get Corey Davis back, right? Corey Davis is going to slide into the exact role he probably should have been in from, from day one, a wide receiver two to Elijah Moore's alpha wide receiver one status. Those are two good weapons for Zach Wilson. You add some more talent around him. He's got the arm strength. Uh, he's shown guts coming back and playing just playing hard despite a bad situation. I like the progression of Zach Wilson. We'll see all these QBs. Their story is incomplete. I like the progression of Zach Wilson uh, on the season. Uh, what's he have? Uh, 2,200 passing yards, eight touchdowns, 11 interceptions, uh, 23.6 bad throws, uh, 23% percent of his passes were bad throws is that correct Jay and then 76 70.6 percent of his passes are on target 29 percent pressure rate so I'm assuming that's how much he gets pressured um wh- yeah. what are your thoughts you like Zach Wilson coming out right yeah I, I think my biggest point about Zach Wilson was he's still being drafted just as high as everybody else the Jets love him just as much as everybody else so they're going to want to build around him and then on top of that you have a guy who has a lot of talent, but again, are we are we sure he can hold up to the moment out of BYU? The last five weeks of the season, he was QB sixteen in that span in points per game with fifteen point one, and he's QB eleven or sorry, he was QB eleven overall. But he played six games. Some guys played five, whatever. But I think to your point, we saw what Zach Wilson can be in a capable offense, and the Jets are still a bad team. But one thing that the Jets do have that everyone that people don't really talk about as, as much is they do have a good offensive line. And the offensive line is going to continue to get better as Zach Wilson improves, learns how to read coverages, learns how to slide the line in the ways that they can defend him and protect him. He was pressured at the highest rate amongst all rookies, 29%. Super, super high, 9% sack percentage. So again, Zach Wilson got pressured a lot, threw a lot of bad passes early. We heard reports of him being really skittish in the pocket, seeing ghosts out there. But he came, played well, and is playing better each and every week. And we'll see. Maybe Week 18 has another good performance. But... I'm in on Zach Wilson. I think that people are still sleeping on him because he looked so bad early through four picks against New England. But these last five weeks, we have seen an improvement. And we can't say that for all these quarterbacks. We've seen these guys start off bad and get better throughout the season. And Zach Wilson could continue that momentum into 2022. And that's why I like him. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, and, and it takes a couple of years to figure out because let's not forget Josh Allen's first and second year were abysmal. And I vividly, and y'all remember it. Going into his third season, the question was, does does Josh Allen get an extension? Is he the quarterback of the future for Buffalo? He was being discounted in startup drafts, rookie draft, uh, startup drafts and in trades. And then all of a sudden, boom, blows up, has an MVP, MVP caliber season and secures a 200 plus million dollar bag. So I think the two, three year mark is about where you really can see what you have in a quarterback. But again, you're, we're just grading them and viewing them on what they put on wax this season. I'm I'm fine with with Zach Wilson. I'm I'm in on Zach Wilson. I still think there's some potential there. If you can go trade for him for the low, um, go do it. Now, you know we got to talk about Mac Daddy Jones, McCorkle, Mac Jones, quarterback out of Alabama. I still believe. Listen, just hear me out, Jay. I truly believe. That San Francisco was they were going to take him at three. I I I I wholeheartedly believe that. And Twitter bullied them, bullied that franchise into Trey Lance. Now I like Trey Lance, so I'm not. It's not like I I, I hate the pick, 
But I think they were on board with Mac Jones. And I do think Mac Jones could come into that offense and run it to a Jimmy Garoppolo plus type level. He can't do what Trey Lance can do. He, he doesn't have the, the arm strength. He definitely doesn't have the mobility. But I do believe that there was some truth to San Francisco. They can come out and say he was never, never an option for him at three. I think that where there's smoke, there was some fire. And I think after that came out and the public pressure got to him like, hell no, you can't do that, uh, they made a pivot. Neither here nor there. Mac Jones drafted by the New England Patriots. And I've got the receipts. I'm a petty person, so I keep all kinds of tabs on people who talk shit about me just in case I need to pull it from the inventory from time to time. But there were a lot of people who said Mac Jones wouldn't even be a competent starter in the NFL, let alone a first-round pick. Like, there was no way. And go check the receipts. I was saying it from October of his college season. I was like, he's going to be a first-round pick. There's no doubt. He's going to be a first-round pick. He's accurate in college. Uh, He's a tough player. He gets the ball out of his hands quickly. He's going to be a first-round pick. Goes to New England. Very good situation. What's who's receiving core? Maybe Detroit, maybe Houston, but hell, I'd take Brandon Cooks over anybody in New England. New England has some of the worst pass catchers in the NFL, the worst supporting cast from the skill position players in the NFL. Jacoby Myers, uh, Wilkerson, number 17, whatever his name is, Nelson Aguilar isn't playing, Nikhil Harry is not good. Worst supporting cast of, of pass catchers in the league. Mac Jones finishes the season as QB is finishing the season right now, going into week 17 as QB 17, 14.13 fantasy points per game, which puts him at QB 27, and that's with him taking a week off, uh, only throwing three passes versus Buffalo. But this is what you expected out of Mac. No one expected him to be a top 10, top 12 quarterback. What we expected going in from Mac Jones was a QB two, a quarterback two. You put him in your second super flex spot, and you got. You've got a player who's not going to bomb you a week and Baker Mayfield you. He's going to give you your 14, 15, 16 fantasy points. And then there were some weeks, what was it, Jay? There were like five weeks where he got us 20 plus, 20 plus fantasy points as a rookie. Like he's done everything that you've asked of him um, as a rookie. 3,540 passing yards, 21 touchdowns, 12 interceptions, um, and 67% completion percentage, almost a 68% completion percentage. So I... <laughs> I don't know what else we wanted from him. He seems to have shown that he belongs in the NFL. Am I saying that he's going to be a top five, top ten dynasty quarterback? Hell no. But can he reach a level where he's QB 12, QB 13 with with better pass catching weapons around him? Let's just say hypothetically, Chris Godwin, ACL. He may not command the money that he was going to get on the open market pre-ACL, but you bring in a Chris Godwin and they draft Jamison Williams. You bring in Allen Robinson and you draft, uh, you know, Traylon Burks. That immediately helps Mack. He gets the ball out of his hands quickly. Uh, good processor. You know, he turns it over a little bit, but he's a rookie. This is by far the most impressive rookie quarterback season from the 2021 class. And a lot of people say, oh, it's just New England. Oh, it's just the system. We've seen other quarterbacks come in and not be able to be successful in the system, the guy still has to play. He still has to deliver the ball. He still has to get it out quickly. He still has to make the reads. He still has to get up from getting hit. And I think Mac Jones has shown everybody that not only does he belong in the league, um, he's a legitimate quarterback, too, in fantasy, exactly what we drafted him to be, 
get him some better weapons, get a better supporting cast around him. And not only do I think he's a good quarterback for the New England Patriots, he's going to be a solid fantasy producer for us in that secondary role. If a quarterback went down and you had to throw Mac Jones in, uh, you, you don't feel you don't feel just terrified that you have like you were terrified to throw Ben Roethlisberger in your lineup. Terrified, you didn't know what you were going to get. If you had to put Baker Mayfield in there a week, you were you were mortified. If you had to put Trevor Lawrence in your damn lineup, you honestly were like, I may be better off leaving this position blank because he may give me a zero or negative points. I think there's a, a, a safety floor with Mac Jones, and there's still a little bit of a ceiling in there, right? It may not be a skyscraper Trey Lance levels, but there are there is a world in which I think he can go out there and average 19 points per game. He, you, you don't think he can give us an extra five fantasy points per game between now and the end of his career? They've got an excellent ground game. We'll see how it plays out. But what we're talking about, what he did in 2021, I am encouraged, encouraged by Mac Jones. 18.3% of his passes were bad throws, deemed bad throws. 76.4% of his targets were deemed on target, and that was the highest in this rookie class. Mac Jones is showing that he can compete, that he can play. You get him some weapons around him, and I think you have something on your hands with Mac Jones. Now, T-Law, the 101, the generational, can't-miss, best prospect since Luck, best prospect since John Elway. We all know the situation was historically bad in Jacksonville. A lot of people, there were a lot of people who thought it was going to work with Urban Meyer. I was not one of those people. I was calling that a disaster from the time he was hired, from the time he drafted ETN in round one. This was a disastrous pick that was only going to end one way. And by golly, Urban Meyer exceeded all expectations. I mean, from uh, lap dances in a bar, not flying back on the team plane, kicking the kicker, uh, ruling like a, you know, like a dictator inside that locker room, calling his coaches trash, not knowing who the hell is on the field, not knowing what players were on his own team. It was just, it was a failure of epic proportions. It was bad. Trevor Lawrence's situation is bad, and when you look at what he did this year, he finishes the season as QB 24, 12.34 fantasy points per game, which puts him as QB 36. And I'm just asking the question, where are we at? Where are we at with Trevor Lawrence? Because I, Jay and I talked about this all day yesterday. I want to give him a mulligan for 2021. I want to just say, clean slate. I refuse to believe he's this bad of a quarterback. I, I, I refuse to believe it. I refuse to believe it. Jay Rich, on the other hand, says, hell no, Trevor Lawrence should not and will not get a mulligan for his performance this season. Jay? Okay, so my biggest issue with that is did Jared Goff get a mulligan? No. He, his coach was Jeff Fisher. We all know Jeff Fisher is a terrible coach. He did not get a mulligan. People were calling him the biggest bust in history. Is he a capable quarterback now? He's fine, right? He's, He's not a good quarterback. You don't really want him. But again, number one overall pick, was deemed a bust after his first season, terrible coach, and I think he had like nine fantasy points per game. You know, Josh Allen, same situation. But again, he was more of a raw talent. And this is where my biggest issue lies. Would Lamar Jackson get a pass? Would Jalen Hurts get a pass, right? Would Deshaun Watson get a pass? Would Patrick Mahomes get a pass? 
None of these guys would get a pass, but why we're ready to give black, Trevor Lawrence Why are you Lawrence naming all the black quarterbacks? Why are you naming all the black quarterbacks? I'm just saying. Okay. It could it could be anybody. Carson Wentz, he actually had a pretty okay rookie season, depending on who you ask. The thing with Trevor, the thing with Trevor Lawrence is that, and you've mentioned it all show, you've been hinting at it. Every quarterback has improved. Every quarterback has really shown us something. The only quarterback who hasn't is the generational talent, Trevor Lawrence. He's thrown the ball 570 times, and he has less passing yards than Mac Jones, who had two bye weeks this season. <laughs> so tell me how this guy is going to be going to go from, you know, Jared Goff land to top five quarterback ceiling elite. This is just my problem with where we're at is like we're ready to give him a pass to the point of he can still be generational. And that's where. I think we can't. I don't think we can go there. I don't think we can give him that level of a pass. But but it's just maybe his ceiling isn't as high as we thought it. Uh, as we you thought can't, it was. Here's my thing, though. You can't out of one side of your mouth talk. Well, then if 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 you're not going to give Trevor Lawrence a pass for his bad situation, then I don't want to hear about Mac Jones only thriving because he was in a good situation. You can't. You can't on one side of the coin say, oh. Max in a great situation. That's why he's succeeding. But then admit that Trevor's in a bad situation and not give him any credit for that. Like it, you can't. I don't. I don't see how you can do that, man. Like you're, you're talking so, about. So what? So what? My point is though is that we talk about the actual supporting cast and whose supporting cast is better. But it's I'd not say just, it's pretty it's close, the, right? It's not and just so the players, right? It's the coaches putting the players in situations to succeed when you don't have for sure. your best offensive weapon in James Robinson on the field. You're not giving him the ball. You just, you don't throw LaVisca and maybe LaVisca Chenault's not good. Maybe that's the thing. Maybe he's just not that good. But when you're best at one point, like listen to this, the best wide receivers for Jacksonville this year, the two most consistent and most explosive wide receivers was a defensive back and Laquan Treadwell. Those were the best two wide receivers on Jacksonville's team this year. Dan Arnold goes down. They don't have a tight end of consequence. Like, it's you can't ignore the fact that not only was the situation as far as talent around him very bad, the infrastructure, the coaches not getting along, not legitimately Urban Meyer not knowing players on his own team, that di that didn't factor into him. And I get you. I'm not. I'm not saying give him a full fledged pass, but I am not DefCon Five pressing the panic meter. I'm out on Trevor Lawrence. He's a like if you draft, there were people who drafted him in startups, and he was going like 109. He was going first round. Yeah, you don't feel good about that at all today because if you took T. Law, you probably passed on Dak. You probably passed on Burrow for sure. Burrow, yeah. Uh, you, like you, you don't feel good about that right now. But I'm not going to. I'm not throwing in the towel. There's no way. Like at, at some point, some just common football sense has to take a hold of the uh, of the conversation. That situation, I don't care if it was Mac Jones, Justin Fields, you you put you put Dak Prescott in Jacksonville. With that, I don't know if he looks as good as he does with Dallas. That situation was bad. So I, I get hearing you say you don't want to give him a mulligan for the season, but I think that's why I, with quarterbacks it does take two or three years. Now, next year, for me, next year is going to be like, all right, it's getting the make or break point. Like next year, you got to you yeah, got to start showing something. But this year, man, I and you're right, and it's unfortunate that we're here. But if 
this were Mac Jones, I don't think anybody would yep. give him a mulligan. I don't. If it were Mac Hell Jones, no, people would be like, he's a bust. I told you he can't play. Didn't belong in the NFL. He's washed up. Um, if it were Zach Wilson, I mean, people are already any other any other QB in the You're class right. doesn't matter which but, one it was. Could have been Davis Mills. Could have been but these Zach guys Wilson. Could have been Trey Lance. We're seeing Justin it with Field. Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield. If if Baker wasn't the first overall pick, there's no way in hell he would have remained the starter in Cleveland for as long as he did. There's no way in hell yeah. we'd still be talking about is are, are the Cleveland Browns going to extend Baker Mayfield? There is some level of like. I guess teams just don't – very few teams believe in the sunk cost fallacy where we drafted Josh yeah. Rosen one year with our first-round pick. He ain't it. We're going to turn right back around next year and draft a quarterback in Kyler Murray. I just – it's unfortunate, but that's what happens when you're the number one pick, man. You get leeway and latitude that other players won't. And a lot of people, man, they don't want to admit. They just – I don't know why they don't like Mac Jones. Maybe because the way that he looks, like his body style, like he, he looks, he, he's built like Hank Hill. Like he's literally built like Hank Hill. He doesn't have this explosive cannon of an arm, but neither does Joe Burrow. Uh, Joe Burrow's got phenomenal weapons around him, and he's a damn good quarterback. So I, I just feel like we have to give some level of of just mulliganism to Trevor Lawrence and, and just say like, this season was a wash, man. I, I get, I get both sides of it. So my, my, and I don't want people to hear what I'm not saying because we were looking at value for Trevor Lawrence right now. He's an absolute buy. If you can get him for a fair price, you should be looking to acquire Trevor Lawrence. I think for me, it's just if he does have a good first couple of weeks, I wouldn't hesitate to sell him. If if the price goes back to you know because if his price goes back all the way up to like it's this not, could though. be a top quarter but I don't but here's we don't why. know I'm here's, just I'm just having conversation with the people right is that here, if, well, if he the, has a first three weeks where where he blows up he could he could skyrocket again because again he's Trevor Lawrence and that that name why, means so much to people let me tell you why I don't think that's gonna happen and I, it's because of the expectation that was placed on him coming into the season it's the same thing when I look at Spencer Rattler and DJ Uyunglele. People had Spencer Rattler as the 2022-101 and DJU as the 2023-101 quarterback. But that, that's all we were talking about going into the season. The expectations were here. They failed so underneath that bar that in order to even get back to the expectation level, they're going to have to be just like, unless Trevor Lawrence comes out next year and Justin Herbert's it from day one, Patrick Mahomes level for him to get back to the value that he was at pre NFL draft during the summer, he's going to have to go berserk. You're, I don't think you're going, it's going to, it's going to take two years for him to get, or at least a consistent amount of games in 2022 for that value to get back there. And I don't know if he'll get that. And that's the same, my same feeling with Spencer Rattler and DJU. their expectations were so high and they failed so low that they're going to have to make up a ton of ground just to get back in the conversation. So for me, you don't, if he has three good games, I'm not, I'm not, because what are you going to sell for two first? I'm not, or a first and I'm not doing that. Like, I'm just, I just refuse to believe he's that bad. And to Matt Bruning's point, Matt's like the franchise is abysmal. Whenever they shown competency um, in their decisions, that's why I keep saying, man, Jay, I keep saying this. I think, and y'all tell me if I'm wrong, 
I think situation truly does matter. To what degree oh, situation matter? To what degree? I don't know the answer to that question because if you swing too far on that pendulum, one direction or the other, and you absolutely fade situations. Uh, and I remember this. Uh, CeeDee Lamb lands in Dallas. I don't really like it. Justin Jefferson in Minnesota. Uh, don't really like it. AJ Brown in Tennessee. Uh, I can't. I yep. can't buy into that situation. And then on the other side of it, McCall Hardman in Kansas City. He's a first round pick. Yeah. Travis uh, uh, Clyde Edwards-Helaire in Kansas City. Clyde Edwards-Helaire. Yeah. He's over DeAndre Swift and Jonathan Taylor. Um, oh my God, such and such landed in this situation. It's going to be great. And then you. Then they don't live like. I, it's somewhere in the middle. I don't know. How much, and I and I do agree that Jacksonville, they're, they're going to have to do a lot because the thing is, man, yeah, that situation around them, it's the talent isn't going to improve that much more. I believe they only have one first round pick this year. It's looking like the one on one. They ain't taking a wide receiver. Um, it's going to be an offensive lineman or Aiden Hutchinson. So he's going to have unless they lure people in via free agency, which this free agency class is not that good. Like, it took a massive hit. Chris Godwin and Michael Gallup were, like, the prize receivers in this free agency class, upcoming free agency class. The situation around them is not going to get much better. They haven't shown a good job of drafting talent. They may walk in the next season, and their starting wide receivers are DJ Chark and Laquan Treadwell. Those could be the two starting wide receivers for Jacksonville, with Travis Etienne coming off of a foot injury, no James Robinson, so again, we're just betting on the talent of Trevor Lawrence. And Jay, we've got this graphic right here. Rookie quarterback, fantasy points per game, week 12 through 17. This is what we got. And I know it's kind of skewed because it was the, you know, uh, one game from Trey Lance. But Trey Lance, Justin Fields, right? You got Zach Wilson, 15.51 uh, fantasy points per game. Mac Jones, I think, I think what is this? What, what is six around Zach Wilson? Is that supposed to be a different number? It's supposed to be three, four. Games played. Games played, oh, games right? Played. So Trey Lance, one game played. Justin Fields, two. Then Zach and Mack and Davis all had pretty much Look their full Trevor season. Look at Trevor Lawrence. Weeks 12 through 17. I mean, 10.6 fantasy points per game. That's lower than Davis Mills, 12.93. Much lower than Mac Jones, 14.1. A lot lower than Zach Wilson's, 15.51. And then you got Justin Fields and Trey Lance um, playing minimal games. But uh, T-Law did not help his cause this season. He, he did not he did not help his cause this season at all but I just I again I refuse to believe uh he's he's a bust I just I refuse to believe that man I I'll let you say what you think but I I, I can't there's no way we can say he's a bust after year one there's no way no, no way we can say he's not a bust, a bust. After year one. my question is this. but okay okay let me ask okay, you this. let's play a game who would you rather have Jalen hurts or Trevor Lawrence right now Jalen hurts it's it's not even close. Trey Lance, Justin Fields, or Trevor Lawrence. Okay, so let's if we're if we're going there, let's just rank them, and I would easily okay, rank, rank them. Rank Justin rank Fields. Rank. Justin Fields for me for fantasy is number one. Okay, he's number one because I think I think everything I've seen from him, situation hopefully going to improve, weapons, personnel, all these things will get better. The biggest thing with Justin Fields is his sack percentage is high as hell because he yeah. holds the ball too long. Yeah, he holds the But he's going to get better at that, right? Yeah. Then on then second, I'd probably put Mac Jones, third, Zach Wilson, fourth to be Trevor Lawrence, fifth is Trey Lance. The reason why Trey Lance is five is because he just has an incomplete rookie year right now. And I believe they have similar upside. 
So as good as Trey Lance looked in a couple of games, I think Trevor Lawrence can easily match that value in a couple of good games. But we'll see. But that's that's my five. Mac at it's two? Fields. Mac at Max two? at two. Yeah, because I, I think you you know what you're getting in Mac, right? At the end of the day. And and even you're on record saying you think the situation situation's gonna improve. Yeah, I, do. I think Zach Wilson's still got a lot of boom bust potential. So that's where it's like I take Mac over Wilson because of the boom bust. Trevor Lawrence, same thing. He has a lot to overcome in Jacksonville. Just the situation, the demons, the personnel, all these things are issues. And Trey Lance, best team by a mile to play on. Yeah. Best coach probably by a mile to yeah. play on. I Upside sky high floor is in the basement. So that's why he's at five for me. I would still be trying to acquire Trey Lance, but I think the price is not going to necessarily be worth the risk reward, depending on how good your team is, what your risk aversion level is. Um, I'd probably have Lance at five right now until I maybe see a little bit more or we get some more positive reports maybe coming out of camp where we can really see how well he's playing in this so offense. So for me, I'm projecting forward. I'm projecting forward. And right now, I would have Trey Lance at one. I, I believe in the situation. I trust the talent around him. I believe in the infrastructure. And I know the sample size is two games this season. But – he settled into that game versus Houston. I know it was Houston, so yeah. he's got a he's got. I, I really wish he were playing this week because I think it's against the Rams. I think they play that. I really would like to see him versus yeah. a better defense. But I, I, I saw enough. Like I'm like, if he hits, it's gonna he's gonna hit in a major way. Like we we just talked yeah. about all these quarterbacks, which one can jump into top eight territory and compete with the Lamars and the Burrows. I think it's Trey Lance. At two, I would have Justin Fields. At three, I would have Mac Jones over Trevor Lawrence. I just I believe in what New England's going to do to get him better. And I, I've seen 3,500 passing yards, 21 touchdowns. And one thing that I look for is completion percentage. He's completing the ball at a high clip. I don't care how he's doing it. Uh, people want him to push the ball downfield. And my question is to who? Who the hell is he throwing to downfield? I'd have Mac at three. I, right now, if I'm projecting forward, I probably have Zach Wilson at four and T-Law at five. And I'm not even out on T-Law. I'm not even out on him. Yeah. I don't trust that situation. I'm not out on him. I'm not out on him like you. You're telling people you're out on him, trade him, sell him three games in the next season, get rid of him. I'm not saying any of that. Jacksonville is going to have to do a lot. And the fact that they don't want to get Trent Baalke out of that, out of the, out of the, you know, front office role – the yep. fact that they're looking at Jack, who they, Doug Peterson, maybe, maybe Doug Peterson yeah, works. Maybe, maybe, maybe Doug Peterson works. I don't trust that situation. And what I saw this season, I don't know if he can overcome Jacksonville. And I don't know if any mm -hmm. quarterback, like it's almost, wasn't there a point where the Jets had the number one pick? It almost would have been better for him to go to the Jets, right? Like, I just don't know. Yeah, way I better. don't know who could overcome Jacksonville. Now, the the story, man. We're only in the prologue. We ain't even in, we ain't even halfway through the book. Yeah, we're only in the prologue for these quarterbacks. Uh, I'll just say this wholesale. When I'm looking at these quarterbacks from 2021, I would take every last one of them, all of them, except Davis Mills, and Davis Mills would slot in somewhere with the other ones over the 2022 guys. I would take the top five QBs, whatever order you want to have them in. Lawrence, Wilson, Fields, Lance, Fields, all of them over every quarterback in 2022. And I love Matt Corral. Um, okay, let's play a game, though. Let's play a game. 
Is there a spot that Matt Corral could go that he could slot into that top five? That you think maybe maybe a little bit realistic. You know, there's a lot of open open spots. But the problem is, is like I'm looking at the Giants need a quarterback. No, we know Denver needs a quarterback, but they're probably not going to trade up. They're going to go the veteran route, right? Yeah, a quarterback could end up in Seattle. No, maybe Pittsburgh. If Pittsburgh maybe. decides to come up, Pittsburgh and Carolina. Pittsburgh and Carolina yeah. are the two. If I'm looking at the NFL teams, and you're talking about the honeypot situations where you got the talent around you, CMC, DJ Moore in Carolina, Pittsburgh. You already know it's Claypool, it's Deontay Johnson, Pat Fryermuth, Najee Harris. Offensive line is abysmal, but if they can get a better quarterback back there, maybe extend some plays. If Corral lands it, the football team is interesting with McLaurin. Yeah, for sure. That's interesting, but I, I, I think... Carolina scares me a little bit, though. I, I think the coaching situation yeah, the, in yeah, Carolina is still is kinda, yeah, up for grabs. Yeah. But I'm looking at the talent around them. If all you got to do is throw to CMC yeah. two yards, and that's 1,000 yards baked in right there. You got DJ Moore, that's another grand right there. I just think there's there's some talented pieces around it, but you're right that that infrastructure is not good, um, and I don't think Philadelphia is going to take a quarterback. So, uh, point is, I don't think any of the any of the 2022 guys. I'd rather have all of the ones in 2020, uh, 2021 uh, over over the guys in 2022. That's just that's just where I'm at. So it it was not the season that we expected from these rookie quarterbacks. Again, we're just in the prologue, but today. I, I am concerned, and I don't know if there's any truth to this or not, but I always wonder, can players be broken? Like, was Josh Rosen really that bad, or did he get broken by the Arizona Cardinals, and it was just a wrap for him? I think he was that bad, but uh, I'm hoping that Trevor Lawrence was not broken down or, or any of that. I saw him on a Subway commercial last night, and uh, I was just like, just praying for that young man and hope, <laughs> hope it gets better in Jacksonville. Um, yeah, man, I see people talking about Malik Willis. Malik Willis is better. Uh, I, I don't agree with that. Yeah, you hate Malik Willis? <laughs> I don't hate Malik Willis. I, I will see him he's, in a couple of weeks raw, in Mobile, the word. and I'm, I'm going to ask him, uh, does he think he needs time to develop, or does he feel he's NFL ready from day one? So we'll get to see that. Um, uh, it was a good week, man. The audio was right this week. Uh, Jay, I think it was a good show, man. I thought it was a good show. Uh, went through all the rookies this week. Beautiful. Next week, we got mock drafts. We got um, we got the national championship game on Monday. Alabama versus Georgia. Pick. Who you got? Who's winning? Who's winning the natty? Oh, Bama. Bama. Give me Bama on the money line, baby. All right. Bama on the money line. A lot of people. Malik Willis. Malik Willis is the best athlete with the best arm. Oh, boy, the Malik Willis lovers on the GQ channel. We appreciate y'all tapping in. No show tomorrow, but make sure you subscribe to the channel. Thumbs up, like the content. Thank y'all for rocking with us. Week one, back in the saddle. Uh, next week, mock drafts. I told you that. Q&As. Make sure you follow the Wake Up, the Wake Up TV uh, Twitter account. Submit your questions over there. Y'all have a fantastic Thursday. Enjoy football this weekend. Uh, we'll be back bright and early, 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Waking up with your boy, Ray and Jay. We out of this thing. We love y'all. Peace. Peace.